Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. today's podcast. It is Wednesday, July the 7th. Or, wow, I don't even write camera. July the 12th. July the 12th, 2023. Um, hope you guys are having a fantastic day today. We are uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 today. Short chapter, not very uh, long. Um, but it does raise some really interesting issues, and uh, it'll be fun to talk about um, this today. First Corinthians chapter five. Hope you got your free Slurpee from Seven Eleven yesterday on Slurpee Day. I did. I did. I haven't had a Slurpee in probably five years. But I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over there, right down the road, and uh, had a horrible lunch. That's what I did. I went and had a Slurpee, and then while I was there, they had Hot dogs for like a dollar. So, yeah, I did that too. So I had a Slurpee and a 7-Eleven hot dog for lunch. I felt that later. I felt that later. But, you know, it went down great. And then the Slurpee was awesome. I hope you got yours yesterday. On 7-Eleven day. What a, what a genius marketing plan that was. Man. Whoever uh, whoever came up with that for Seven Eleven, um, they hit a gold mine on that. All right. Well, we are, as I said, in First Corinthians, specifically First Corinthians chapter five, and so we're gonna jump in and look and see what the Lord has to say to us today. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the podcast today. Let's do it. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 1, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. Whoa. <laughs> so here, uh, there's a lot in that, right? So first of all, He's saying it's reported. So word is out. People are talking about this, that there's like, and this is, seems to be an example of what's going on. This is just one instance, but these are, this isn't the only case probably, but it, there's sexual immorality among you. The kind of which, so there's, and here's an example, the kind of which, which is what I'm talking about. A man is sleeping with his stepmother. And this is the point I make often. If you follow the podcast, you've heard me make this point at different uh, times. It's often talked about how, you know, in the early, the early church, you know, how messed up they are and how, you know, how much sin there was in the church and, uh, and all of that. And, and the Bible, you know, still calls them saints and people of God. Um, but you've heard me say, and here's an example, like 
yes, there was sinfulness in the church because people are human beings. And it is true that Jesus finds people where they are. He starts with us where we are. But nowhere in the New Testament, it would be a blatant misreading. It, you would have to try to misread the New Testament if you were to conclude that because you find sinfulness in the church, in the New Testament, therefore it is condoned. You would have to be on a uh, an agenda to conclude that before you even read it, because there's no way you can honestly read it, in my opinion, and come to that conclusion. It is clear that, yes, God starts where we are, but there is always a understanding that as you grow in grace, as you grow in your sanctification, you're going to become less and less like the world. You're not going to be like Paul says here. You're not going to be like the pagans, those who are ungodly, those who do not know Jesus. You're going to look different. Yes, Jesus, sinners hung out with Jesus, and Jesus hung out with sinners, but Jesus did not condone their sinfulness. Never. <laughs> Never did Jesus go and hang out with a prostitute and say, you know what? I'm glad, you know, I understand your lifestyle and your behavior. I know, you know, you got to do what you got to do to make ends. No. It was always leave your life of sin. I'm not going to ostracize. I'm going to come to where you are, but I'm going to lead you. I'm going to help you move beyond that because that is not a true reflection of the Imago Dei, the image of God in you. He went to tax collectors that were greedy and stingy, and he did, but he didn't say, you know what? You know, man's got to do what a man got to do. Everybody's welcome here. No. He said, go and leave your life of sin. I'm not going to not come to you because you're greedy and sinful, but I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to uh, let you stay there either. So here we see in the first century church, this, there's sinfulness going on in the Corinthian church, and um, they're, they're tolerating it. They're tolerating even a man in the church sleeping with his father's wife. And watch this, verse 2. And you're proud. Why, why would they be proud? It happens in our culture today, guys, because they're proud of their tolerance. Look how tolerant we are. Look how grace-filled our church is. Look how gracious we are. Look how mature we are. Look how affirming we are. Look how kind we are. You're condoning sin. In the church, it's one thing. It's now we don't expect non Christians to act like Christians. So, if a person isn't saved and they're in sinful lifestyles that are clearly forbidden in the Word of God, we don't just come at them and expect them to act like Christians. No, you come to them with grace and prayer and help and assistance. But someone who is now a Christian is who now has devotion to Jesus, a, a brother and sister in Christ who is walking and growing in uh, towards Jesus, there's, an there's a different expectation for the family of God than there is for an unsaved person. That's the same thing Jesus says in Matthew 18 when you're even dealing with a personal conflict. When you're dealing with personal conflict with a Christian, there's one expectation. When you're in a conflict with someone who is not a Christian, 
you can't expect them to make decisions based on what Jesus would do because they're not Christians. So here, Paul is saying, you know, you're, you have a shameful tolerance. Mm, think about that, man. How many, I was, you know, I could list them, guys, but there are a lot of churches out there that have embraced a shameful tolerance. Not tolerance of those who are far from God, but tolerance for, of those who now have, those within the family of God and are allowing sinful and ungodly behaviors and lifestyles and attitudes to just continue unchecked. It's a shameful tolerance. Paul says, and you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning? <laughs> You're boasting because you know what? You know, we're so accepting. We're so loving. We even got, we even got this dude. He's sleeping with his mom's wife. It's uh, his, his, his dad's, uh, his dad's wife, you know, stepmom. Man, ain't that awesome, man? We so loving and kind. Everybody's welcome here, no matter what, forever. No, man, it's shameful. Oh, what are you doing? Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and put out, put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? Mm. This is an extreme case, man. This is the thing, and this is the thing, like, when someone claims to be a Christian but is in overt sinful behavior, unrepentant sinful behavior, um, that is destroying the church, that is dividing the church, that is uh, destroying the testimony of Jesus. That's what Paul is saying. You've got to confront this guy, and you've got to ask him, Either repent of your lifestyle, stop doing what you're doing, or you're going to have to be removed from the community because it's destructive. Well, that's a painful decision, man. That's not a decision anyone wants to make, right? But this is an extreme case of a, a, a hardened, unrepented person who is um, wreaking havoc on the purity and unity of the church. For my part, even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit. As one who is present with you in that way, in this way, I have already passed judgment in the name of our Lord Jesus on the one who has been doing this. So Paul's like, I got an opinion about this. I, I, have, I have a judgment. I have, a, I, have a, I have an opinion about this. I think he just said what it is. This guy needs to be removed. He's not helping the witness in the cause of Christ. He, he is not interested in making great the name of Jesus. That is not his desire. That is not his concern. In fact, he is, seems to be so entrenched in his own sinful lifestyle, he doesn't care about what it looks like for Jesus. It's only what's going to indulge his own sinful nature. And when that is permeating the church, it's got to be removed. So when you are assembled, and I am with you in spirit, and the power of our Lord Jesus' presence, hand this man over to Satan. Wow for the destruction of his flesh, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Mm, this is powerful, man. This is hard stuff. But what's Paul saying? He's saying the hope is that this man will repent. The hope is this man will be in heaven, that he will be saved. But his lifestyle and his continual sinfulness is indicative of a person who's not truly been converted to Jesus. And so what you have to do is you got to turn them over. you got to let them go. Not, not, not in hopes that they will burn eternally, but in hopes that by tough love, through tough love, 
they'll repent. They'll repent. There's so many times in the church, man, people, it, it's hard because we were like, you know, well, the, the church, you know, made me feel bad about this. Well, you were cheating on your wife. You should have felt bad about it. Well, when I was, you know, when I was doing this or doing that, I just never felt welcome at the church. Well, were you claiming to be a Christian at the time? <laughs> were you claiming to love Jesus? Because maybe the church was just preaching the gospel and it's called conviction. <laughs> Your boasting is not good. You're boasting about how tolerant you are and how you accept anything and everything. It's not good. It is not a sign of spiritual maturity. Man, I could go on and on. All these churches, these affirming churches, that's exactly what they are. They're boasting about how affirming they are, but it's not good. It's not consistent with the Word of God. You should be in mourning, not celebrating. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch, as you really are. So he's kind of give this. He's given the example of this unchecked sinfulness in the church is like leaven in dough, right? It spreads throughout the whole thing. Like, like where do you stop? Where, where, you you've got to deal with this. It's not that you're, you know, it's not that it's, it's not that our posture is attack, <laughs> but our posture has to be to be um, caretakers and and caregivers and custodians of the health of the body of Christ. Just like a good doctor would be uh, guilty of malpractice if he knew that someone had a cancerous tumor growing on them but said nothing to them about it or didn't recommend they get it removed or treated in some way. And here, there, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's spiritual malpractice not to deal with this and allow it to... To sh and it has right. It's clear that this this sort of attitude and this sort of behavior has be has become has has come to shape the identity of the church. Paul's like, you, and you're bragging about it. You're bragging. It's become part of the identity of the church. He's like, and it shouldn't be something you should be proud of. You should be ashamed. It's shameful tolerance that's going on in the church, even in the first century. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Let that permeate the community. Paul, in each of these issues, throughout the book of 1 Corinthians, he's going to deal with these different specific issues. Obviously, it's, here it's sexual immorality in the church, and he'll you know talk about it in the instance and um, but he always brings it back to the gospel. And by the gospel, I mean specifically the death, uh, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. What does the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus have to say about this particular issue? Um, there's a book out called Gospel Fluency, which is uh, which really kind of uh, pushes this idea too, which I think is very helpful to how does the, in each of area in areas in all areas of our life, how, what does the gospel have to say about it? 
you're going through a tough time at work, what does the gospel have to say about it? If you have to forgive someone, what does the gospel have to say about it? When you're going through a conflict with a person, what does the gospel of Jesus Christ have to say about it? Um, and here, Jesus, uh, Paul is doing that. He's, he's saying, he brings it to Christ, right? For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed, therefore let us keep the festival, not with the old bread, leavened with malice and wickedness, but with but uh, the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Let sincerity and truth permeate the body of Christ. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. So apparently Paul had written a letter that predated 1 Corinthians, right? Because here he's saying in verse 9 that he wrote a letter. So there's a prior letter to even what we have in 1 Corinthians. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meeting, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral. So see this one. This is the point I was making earlier. When Paul when Paul says don't associate with sexually immoral people, he's not saying don't reach the world. No, no, we got to reach the world. If we're gonna, if we're only gonna reach people in the world that are moral and godly, there's no one out there like that. We are all we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So everyone out there has sin and is is in some way immoral. So we have to reach the world. What he's talking about is in the church. We can't, we can't, we have to, we have to, we have to encourage people and disciple people to grow closer to Jesus. So he says, I wrote this, you misunderstood what I said, is basically saying. I was no I wasn't talking about people in the world or gr the greedy or swindlers or idolaters. No, no, no. We need to reach the greedy. We need to reach the swindlers. We need to reach the idolaters. We got to go get them. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of people Jesus reached. But his disciples were not. That was not the characteristic of his disciples once they became disciples. They were no longer swindlers and idolaters and greedy and immoral. No, Jesus changed them. In that case, you would have to leave this world if you could, <laughs> as Paul's saying, if, yeah, if you have to leave every six, uh, sexually immoral person in the world, like there, there's none left. But now I'm writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister. They're claiming to be a Jesus follower, but is sexually immora immoral or greedy or an idolater or slanderer, a drunkard or swindler. Do not even eat with such people. Now, eat is not like you know. Not, this what this means. break fellowship. Not eating is like is a is an act of fellowship, an act of like intimacy and connection. And and Paul's like, dude, if they're drunkards, if they're swindlers, slanderers, idolaters, and they're claiming to be a brother and sister in Jesus, no, don't 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 participate in their delusion. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Don't participate in their delusion. Their delusion is that I can be a Christian and be these things as well. And Paul's saying, no, they can't. If they're doing these things, then that means that they are not yet followers of Jesus. So don't eat with them and thereby send them the message that, um, that what they're doing is okay and that they're truly saved because their lifestyle suggests that they're not. Verse 12. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? So we don't judge people outside the church. No, we don't expect people outside the church to be at like Christians. We don't judge them. But within the family of God, we have expectations. We don't judge eternally. Like, you know, it's not like we're 
looking to judge people every time they come through the doors and where were you last night? What was that? It, no, that's not what it's about. But we, we do have higher expectations for people within the family of God. Sure. So God will judge those on the outside, expel the wicked person from among you. Mm. Man, this is good for your own for our own spiritual lives, right? Just even our own social networks. Are there someone in our life that is obviously living an ungodly life, but they they're pretending to be a Christian, and maybe maybe some of the things we're doing is encouraging them to believe that. When really, if we were honest, there's not much about their life that looks like they've had a true conversion experience. Hmm. And so the tough decision of like not encouraging um, that delusion. That's hard. That's hard, but that's a powerful word and important for us to think about. And, um, and, and then, and of course, start with ourselves, you know, God, keep me pure, keep me clean, Lord, may help me to be repentant of the sins in my life. Help me to be open to correction, to be open to improvement because I don't, we don't, I don't want to do anything that would cast a negative light on you. So, and, and I know that the life that you called me to is for my good. And so it's for me to be the best version of myself to experience life to the fullest because that's why you came to give life and live it to the fullest so help me to see those areas that i need to improve um yeah good stuff very good stuff very practical and what a what a what a what a very relevant topic for our culture today and our and the broader church culture today that is affirming and endorsing uh, all kinds of sinful lifestyles um and 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 proud of it and proud of it, and bragging about it, and making sure that it's on their sign, and uh, on their websites, because they're proud of it. And I would suggest that it's exactly what Paul is talking about here. It's a shameful tolerance. Hmm. Let's pray, you guys. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and grace. Thank you for your mercy and goodness, Lord. Um, Lord, we don't pretend to know it all we don't pretend to have all the answers and we don't pretend to be sinless ourselves god we need your grace daily we need your forgiveness and at the same time lord you've called us to be um to be watchful to be discerning to be uh to be um observant and honest about what's going on in our world and in our own lives and in the church and so, God, help us to be uh, obedient to you above all. And, uh, Lord, help us to do the hard things. Sometimes we have to do hard things, God. Uh, in relationships, we have to cut ties with relationships that are destructive. We have to have hard conversations. And so, Lord, we need your power and your grace uh, to do that with, uh, with humility and with, um, with, the, with the greatest amount of gentleness. Lord, thank you so much for my friends today. I pray your blessing and encouragement and strength upon them today. It's some heavy stuff we've talked about. I pray that they sense your peace and grace and that uh, your love would just uh, permeate uh, their hearts right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being a part of this weighty podcast today. Whoa, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Man, but so relevant, man. You know, it's relevant. It's right where we are today. Oh, I hope you guys have a great day. Enjoy your uh, Wednesday. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, midweek. 
Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow with First Corinthians chapter six as we continue our journey through First Corinthians this summer. You guys are the best. Love you so much. Thanks for liking, subscribing, sharing this podcast. I really, really appreciate you doing that. It means so much and it helps grow this learning community. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.